This is Reflections on Investing with the Cornell Capital Group. Episode 35, Inflation and Relative Prices. Hello, and welcome back to Reflections on Investing with the Cornell Capital Group. Last year, we did three reflections on inflation because we felt that inflation was likely to be an important uh, factor in the behavior of asset prices in the coming year. And needless to say, it's turned out to be a very important factor. So we want to go back to inflation one more time, and in particular, stress the difference between relative prices, which are the engine that move a market economy, and inflation. First, relative prices. By a relative price, I mean the price of one thing in terms of another. Suppose, for example, that gasoline costs $5 a gallon and that a lunch at, a, at your favorite restaurant costs $20. Then the relative price of the lunch is four gallons of gasoline. And if, for example, Saudi Arabia was to increase its output and gasoline prices were to fall to $4, the relative price would no longer be four gallons for the lunch, it would now be five. And these relative prices are what move a market economy. They're constantly in flux. War starts in the Ukraine, grain prices rise. These prices serve two functions in a market economy. One, they give information to producers and suppliers. And number two, they are the mechanism that equate supply and demand and they could not be more important. But inflation is something altogether different. Inflation is not a relative price. Well, in some sense it is, but it's a relative price of the value of the currency. And what we mean by inflation is a decline in the purchasing power of the currency. In this country, that's the United States. So. That's going to affect, by definition, all relative prices in the same way. And so we need to distinguish between the relative prices and the inflation. And here's the way I like to do that. I think of an analogy. Imagine an elevator. And inside this elevator, you have a whole host of super balls bouncing up and down. And these balls are perfectly frictionless. So they never stop bouncing. They're constantly going up and down. Some balls are on the way up. Some balls are on the way down. And <clears throat> those balls are the relative prices. But the elevator can also be moving up and down. And if the elevator is moving up, that's inflation. Now, the problem is that people confuse the balls inside the elevator with the elevator itself. And that confusion is very easy from the way it's report, inflation is reported. Let's, uh, let's take an example here. Here is the most recent report of the Consumer Price Index. And the, it says, compared to one year ago, the index in June hit 9.1%. The increase was heavily influenced by higher food prices and gas prices. 
Food prices increased 1% from May and 10.4% over the previous 12 months, while the cost of gasoline increased 11.2% from May and energy prices rose 60% over the past 12 months. Excluding food and gas prices, inflation increased 0.7% on the month and 5.9% for the year. This makes it sound like the gas prices and the food prices were the primary cause of inflation, but that's misleading. The gas and food prices were, have been important recently. If you think in terms of my elevator example, those are the balls that are on the way up, but they can, they can change just like all relative prices do. And in fact, gas prices have fallen since this announcement. The balls bouncing inside the elevator cannot be the cause of inflation, which is the rise in the elevator itself. And I'll, I'll talk for a moment about what can cause the elevator to move. But before doing that, we have a problem. If inflation is the decline in the purchasing power of the dollar, how are we going to measure that relative to what? Well, the way it's done is relative to the average prices of a large number of consumer goods. That's what the consumer price index is. So when we say the consumer price index rose 9.1% year over year, what we really mean is the purchasing power of the dollar declined 9.1% year over year. And that would tend to push all prices up 9.1% together. That's the elevator. But all prices don't move that way. Inside the elevator, the prices are moving all over in response uh, to economic forces and technology changes and so forth. Everything that drives a modern economy. So some prices in a particular month are moving up a lot, whereas others are not. That should not mislead you into thinking that those goods who happened to have their balls rising in that particular month were the cause of inflation. The cause of inflation was what pulls the elevator up. And what pulls the elevator up is almost exclusively two things, government, monetary, and fiscal policy. So for many reasons, some politicians don't like to recognize that. They want to blame, for example, inflation on rising gas prices, and then maybe you can blame it on oil companies rather than yourself and your own administration. So lesson number one, be very clear on the distinction between relative prices and inflation. And let me give you one more example of how nefarious this can be. This is an article from The Economist, which is one of the more sophisticated and, and accurate uh, publications relating to economic issues. And it says here, putting, putting it up at the Ritz, vacationing plutocrats are the true victims of inflation. And you'll see a graph here where it shows luxury real estate and non-luxury real estate. And you can see that the luxury, uh, hotel rooms rather, you can see that the cost of a hotel room in a luxury hotel has risen much more than non-luxury hotel. 
Fair enough. Perhaps after uh, the pandemic decline and people could travel again, rich people were the first to want to get out and spend their money. I can't tell you what caused the relative prices of luxury rooms to rise relative to non-luxury rooms for sure, but I can tell you that is almost certainly a relative price increase. It has nothing to do with inflation. Inflation would have been uh, pushing non-luxury rooms and luxury rooms up at exactly the same rate, the increase in the consumer price index. That's the decline in the purchasing power of the dollar. And then other forces would be pushing luxury rooms up, just as other forces recently pushed grain prices up because of the invasion uh, of, of the Ukraine. So, the lesson from this is to think very carefully about prices. It's so easy to confuse inflation and relative price changes. In fact, that conclusion was something that Nobel Prize winner Robert Lucas has stressed in his work, how easy it is to be confused. Every month, there's going to be something where the, the balls are going up. But if you try to fight inflation by, let's say, attacking gas prices, well, the next month it won't be gas prices. It may be medical care or it may be uh, education services. Every month, it seems to be something else. So trying to fight inflation by grabbing whatever went up that month is like trying to hold water in your hand. And it's totally misleading because that's the balls within the elevator, not the elevator. If you become focused on individual price changes, you're going to be misled about this distinction. Uh, you'll end up being caught in what I might call the Roseanne, Rosanna Dana theory of inflation, which goes, it's always something. If it's not one thing, it's another. But it isn't that. It's monetary and fiscal policy. That's what causes inflation. This has been Reflections on Investing with the Cornell Capital Group. Thanks for joining us. For more information, please visit www.cornell-capital.com. This podcast is being made available for educational purposes only and should not be used for any other purpose. The information contained herein does not constitute and should not be construed as an offering of advisory services or an offer to sell or solicitation to buy any securities or related financial instruments in any jurisdiction.